0: This episode of World Changing Ideas is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on.
1: Pregnancy tests account for over 2 million pounds of plastic waste in the U.S. each year, which is enough to stretch from here to the International Space Station and back about seven times.
2: I'm Talib Vizram, and this is World Changing Ideas, where we investigate how leading innovators are solving our most challenging issues. On today's episode, rethinking the pregnancy test. One of the most well-known home healthcare products in the US is the at-home pregnancy test. Since the original version came out on the market in 1977, there have been several iterations of it. One of the most important questions a woman asks herself, I wonder if I'm pregnant, may
1: now be answered in your own home with new AccuTest, a pregnancy test you do for yourself.
0: My concern with the home pregnancy test is did I do it right? First response
2: understands. New EPT stick test makes it easy to find out if you're pregnant. If the stick turns pink, you're pregnant. If it stays white, you're not. It's that simple. It has arrived. The next generation of pregnancy test. Its design breathtakingly simple. Its circuitry incredibly precise. Without a doubt, it is the most sophisticated piece of technology you will ever pee on. Touted as the private little revolution by some advertisers. All of these tests offered the same information using the same science a pregnant person's urine contains the hormone hcg which stands for human chorionic gonadotropin when they pee on a stick the device uses some kind of sign like a color change or two lines to indicate pregnancy centuries before the first test was approved by the fda people suspected urine was an indicator of pregnancy Ancient Egyptians thought peeing on barley and wheat would show whether a woman would bear a boy or a girl, which was probably the first gender reveal party. In the middle ages, people known as piss prophets claimed to diagnose conditions like pregnancy by analyzing urine coloration. Fast forward to the 1970s when women were participating in what became known as the women's liberation movement. Now, thanks to the spirit of equality
0: in the air and to the work of many of my more foresighted sisters, I no longer accept society's judgment that my group is second class. I stand before you today as a candidate for the Democratic nomination for the presidency of the United States of America. I am not the candidate of the women's movement of this country, although I am a woman. And I'm equally proud of that. Good evening. In a landmark ruling, the Supreme Court today legalized abortions. The decision to end a pregnancy during the first three months belongs to the woman and her doctor, not the government. Thus, the anti-abortion laws of 46 states were rendered unconstitutional.
2: Gaining autonomy over one's own body also included being able to find out an important life change in the comfort of one's own bathroom. The most critical characteristic of the home pregnancy test was that it offered privacy, but it still had to be thrown away in a garbage bin, leaving that person's vulnerabilities open to possibly unwanted exposure. Since 2003, there have been no significant innovations that solve this issue or to help address the environmental impact of the plastic waste created by each test device. That is until one group of women decided to flip the old design on its head. Co-founders Bethany Edwards and Anna Couturier have revolutionized the home pregnancy test with their company, Lear Diagnostics. A winner of numerous awards, including Fast Company's 2018 Innovation by Design Award in the health category, Lear just launched its first product in March. Welcome to the show, Bethany and Anna.
1: Thank you for having us. We're excited to be here.
2: Great. Well, I love one of the taglines of, of your product, which is not your mama's pregnancy test, which, of course, kind of gets at the fact that, you know, the first home pregnancy test became available in the in the late 70s. And not much has changed since then. So how did you and the rest of your team kind of decide to come up with this entirely new approach to the home pregnancy test?
1: Yeah, you know, Leah is an earth friendly healthcare company, and we're on a
2: mission to revolutionize
1: reproductive health through the development of innovative products. And Leah is obviously our, our first piece doing that. And it had a really integrated approach. This was part of research while we were at the University of Pennsylvania, which is where we met. And I've always had a passion for you know the relationship between a woman and her health and really have believed that it's sacred and private and shouldn't be shamed in any context. And so that background was, was definitely part of the inspiration. But oddly enough, I mean, the other piece of this really came from the, the idea that Temporality and the fact that single-use plastics like pregnancy tests, you know, single-use diagnostics, they're only used for a few minutes. And everything that they're made out of plastics, glass fibers, nitrocellulose, these things do not biodegrade. So, how could we better match up new materials with the life cycle of the product? The fact that nobody have innovated in the form factor in over 30 years was just mind-blowing to us. And we knew that there had to be a better way, a better solution, something that could provide uh, sustainability, you know. pregnancy. Pregnancy tests account for over 2 million pounds of plastic waste in the U.S. each year, which is enough to stretch from here to the International Space Station and back about seven times. There's obviously a demand on the sustainability side. And then on the privacy side, I mean, we spoke with hundreds of women, one-on-one interviews, you know, who hasn't kind of thrown some of these in the trash and hidden them in the trash. And we know that 92% of women value privacy when they're testing. And so what could we do to overlay this unmet need around privacy, as well as sustainability? And that's how we got to the idea of let's make it paper, not plastic. Also just inspired by this quote from Richard Fry, in which he said, we should be making products to be so disposable, as opposed to focusing on trying to make them recyclable. And so that just changed my mindset in the way that I thought about product design, and commercializing products, and just this idea that there's such a power in the materials that you choose. And if you could design them with that in mind, it has the ability to truly allow for biodegradability that was kind of the very initial inspiration into
2: this. And so let's talk a little bit about the design of it. So so it's it's made of made of paper, it's foldable and flushable. Can you talk a little bit more about yo know, really what it's made of? And a little bit about the design process.
0: Yeah. So as you can see, Bethany's holding it up. It's it's very slim. It's not actually foldable before use, but post use. It can be folded down if you're throwing it away or um, flushing it. But at every step of the design process, we've used the full intended use of the product to guide our design and material selections. So not only a diagnostic as the intended use, but a product that degrades and breaks apart as the intended use. So we took an extremely broad view of inspiration before actually developing the product. What industries outside of medical device and diagnostics are making products that do these same things? What materials really lend themselves to um, breaking apart, biodegrading, dispersing in water? And so we obviously landed on the paper, not plastic, but then in the actual choice of our temporary hydrophobic barriers. We looked to natural materials, inert materials, materials that would biodegrade and would achieve the purpose. And then once we had our materials chosen, we actually then looked at the engineering of the product itself. How can we build this in a way that The building steps actually lend themselves to breaking apart as well. The perimeter seal around the device that is just a series of mating teeth that, uh, much like a coffee filter, holds the top and bottom of the device together without using any glue, but it also provides areas for water to get into the device and help aid in that breakdown. We've engineered perforations into the device as well as a tearaway window so that there's no extra glue and it's at every step of the use, you're actually providing areas to enhance the inevitable breakdown of the device.
1: I think the other thing that's really interesting and we've spent a lot of time on was just the fact that it's only three components. So it's the bottom of the device, the top of the device, and the diagnostic that sits inside of the device. But as these pieces just separate, I mean, they are essentially four squares of toilet paper. So, there's been a lot of effort spent in the overall reduction of the design and the elements that could be used. How do you design this in a way that we're using as few of materials as possible? The reuse of materials. So some of these materials are used in multiple different ways with just slightly different coatings. So, you know one of the big things that Anna was talking about is the fact that this housing unit has this temporary hydrophobic coating that we designed for that will repel liquid for a certain period of time. So if I were to put a water droplet on here, it would sit on the surface. But then within a five to 10 minute window, you would see it sink down in and start to absorb, which activates and starts biodegrading that coating. So there's this uniqueness of being able to pick materials that are either plant mineral or protein and have the ability to react to the natural environment. That's kind of what allows it to truly be biodegradable. The result- a lot of intention put around how can we use the fewest amount of materials and how can we um, use the fewest amount of components.
2: Wow. So just to give us kind of a comparison to traditional pregnancy tests and plastic pregnancy tests, what's kind of the waste footprint difference? I mean, you guys are zero plastic, Is there any kind of figure that gives us kind of an idea of the difference?
1: We went through and purchased the top pregnancy tests based on retail data. We took them all apart in our labs we weighed all of the components, you know, did an analysis on how many tests we know are purchased per year, also based on industry retail data, and we're able to calculate out the two million pounds of plastic waste just in the US. In the US, it only accounts for about 30 to 35% of all global pregnancy test waste.
2: And you talk about the way that the innovations that have happened are actually detrimental to the environment,
1: right? Yeah, the innovations that have happened have been digital. They've added digital components to the tests. And what they're doing is these kind of intense little like computer screens. And they have optical readers that are reading the exact same test strips as the analog plastic-based tests. I mean, and nobody's yeah. recycling these. I mean, you can't recycle this kind of stuff. You I know, mean, more than 91% of plastics in general aren't recycled, but I mean like you have to pull these <laughs> things apart if you even want to try to make an attempt at it. It's kind of
2: wild. So just in terms of the diagnostics, then, uh, does your test work in the same way in terms of kind of hormone detection, that a traditional one would?
1: It does. Yeah. It's still detecting HCG, which is the pregnancy hormone. So, in that sense, it's still very similar to existing tests. It also reads like an existing test in the sense that, you know, it's one line is a negative and then two lines is a positive. So, that's pretty standard in most lateral flow diagnostic tests. I mean, we did have to create some new formulations to make stuff work on our substrate and new ways of dispensing all of the chemistry so it's a lot of material science at work
2: and how important is this idea that that you already mentioned but this idea that the life cycle is so short you know it's it's a product that's used for you know a couple minutes and then it has such a big waste footprint should we be thinking more about about that generally
1: I personally think so. I'm really fascinated by what's happening with, with material science and the fact that it can be kind of the next industrial revolution. I think that what's happening with people finding ways to use more natural or plant mineral protein inspired materials truly stands to kind of eliminate the plastics and create a lot of new solutions and consumer package goods. And we're starting to see some fabulous stuff happening with biomanufacturing, sustainable manufacturing, you know, people growing mushrooms and using mushrooms I mean, us using cellulose and paper-based solutions. I mean, I think that there's something that's, that's really powerful about what's kind of going on, and it is stemming from this idea of sort of a circular economy or a 360 life cycle or, you know, how can you truly use materials and what we know now about materials and biomimicry to design? for the product's intended life cycle.
0: I I think it's important also that for products like these that are so important to people, you know, it's a small snapshot of your life that you're actually taking it, but it's a momentous experience regardless of what you want the outcome to be first I'll just take a side note some people do save these tests and as you may see on some of our marketing you can save the test as well you know it's designed to biodegrade but once dried out it will live and not biodegrade if you scrapbook it or frame it or put it in a card right. but there's importance in thinking about things in a way that you're not overcomplicating them you know at this Point in someone's life they need to know an answer they don't need a computer screen and batteries and excess plastic and glass fibers and all of this junk in order to get the answer yes or no you yeah. know that's what you need that's what's important and so i think there's a real importance in just thinking about the way we make products to do what they're supposed to do and just not be overcomplicated and get to the point this episode of world changing ideas is brought to you by verizon the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. ...of what the user needs.
1: I think the other important piece there is we are also offering this level of privacy that nobody else can offer. Because of the fact that it is paper-based, it is able to be flushed. There's there's a lot of empowerment with that, right? I mean, we know that there's sometimes shame in taking these or in purchasing these. And like one of the big things from a mission standpoint for us is to pull that kind of shame out of it or the ability to have an open dialogue about it. I mean, we chose the name Leah purposefully because it's not clinical. It's warm. It's kind of open. You know, our packaging design, everything that we're doing from a branding and marketing standpoint as well is to try to foster open dialogue and to encourage the frequent use and purchase of these tests because you know we know that testing early and often provides women with added benefits as well and so by kind of reducing that potential friction around privacy concerns or just seeing a bunch of tests pile up in the trash and we know that, um, even women who are struggling to get pregnant and are going through IVF and going through a lot of these tests, seeing a bunch of them pile up in the trash is, is heart wrenching. And it's also like, it's private. You don't necessarily want somebody knowing that you're taking that many tests. And so to be able to add that additional privacy element, is really powerful in the design of these devices as well.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. Anna, one of the words that you used that, that struck me was was momentous. This is like kind of a momentous occasion for a lot of women who are taking tests. I expect people who take a pregnancy test, they need to trust it. They need to feel like they can trust it because it is such a big deal. How do you persuade people to use this novel product when perhaps they have a lot more trust in what's come before?
0: You know, I think, um, and Bethany, you can take it over from here, but I think the first thing is these are medical devices that we couldn't sell this without FDA clearance. So the process of getting clearance through the FDA is presenting loads of data comparing to pre existing devices on the market that are standards of care and showing that the data matches, the performance is the same. So that's something that we couldn't even be selling this product without. And then the fact that we can support that 99% accurate claim from the day of your missed period, as well as it is the same underlying technology that Bethany spoke about. It detects the hormone HCG in your urine. So it's the same device. It's just biodegradable, water dispersible and private.
1: Yeah, you know, I've personally probably used or tested um, thousands, maybe tens of thousands of these at a certain point. I think Anna too. I think between the two of us. <laughs> well, I, I
0: have a I have a sixteen month old that I found out about by using uh, using one of our tests during the development process. Oh, wow. So.
1: I think yeah, uh, <laughs> and we have um, we've learned way more about urine than I ever thought I would when we when we started on this. I, I mean, I never thought that would be part of the whole process, but inherently yeah. it, it is.
2: Are there any fun facts you want to drop for us? Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> yes, I'm going. I'm going okay. to. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, we can talk about this a lot because <laughs> Anna and I have have gotten probably way too much um, urine on our hands. Uh, So we maintain, literally, yeah, yeah, we maintain a massive frozen and refrigerated collection of urine samples that we get from a fertility clinic uh, in a couple other clinics that we have a good relationship with, obviously all anonymous, but we come in, you test the samples, you take the specific gravity, you take the pH, and you run all these different samples on devices. You know, it's, it's really interesting. If you drink coffee all the time, you can really jack up your specific gravity. And your pH. Hmm. So um, one time we were looking for a sample that we needed both of those, and so I just drank coffee like all all day, <laughs> like two two days basically in a row <laughs> uh, to use my sample for it. I have actually some samples of negative and positive urine in my fridge right now. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it,
2: I hope the containers are marked really well. They are marked. Okay.
1: They are. They definitely are marked. <laughs> and you would be you'd be surprised by the wide range of colors that urine has Uh, I think that was one of the other things that has has kind of fascinated me and uh, and, uh, we've got lots of stories about this I'm curious what you would add (laughs) I mean well
0: we do have my urine up to I think maybe Mm -hmm. 24-25 weeks of pregnancy stored as well as Early on in the development process, I actually set up a toilet on a platform with PVC piping out the bottom in my basement so that we could actually photograph and take data of the way the test behaves throughout the flushing process as it leaves leaves your home. And so that was an installation in my home for a Mm -hmm. couple of years until we moved. And now it's in my new home, but separated until it's needed again.
1: (laughs) That's a, I mean, that's a great point. There were studies, there are a whole bunch of studies even related to flushability that are third party yeah. related that you have to do all these different like tests and clearances. So, so yeah, Anna learned a lot about, um, toilet in the
0: backyard for a little <laughs> bit until I was, I was encouraged to put it in the
2: basement. Wow. See, science can be fun kids. That's right. And, and you can make it
1: artistic too. It's this whole STEM theme thing.
2: Yeah. If these were the kinds of science experiments I was doing at school, I think maybe I would have become a scientist. But (laughs) (laughs) there's
0: there's always a way to figure out how to do something. Right, right.
1: And you can always come back to being a scientist. Oddly enough, I mean, prior to working on this research at Penn, I spent 10 years in advertising and marketing. So you'd be surprised how much science and things you can learn from just reading patents in uh, academic journals and then a lot of just learning by doing, us mixing weird things that we probably shouldn't have been mixing, baking them in our (laughs) ovens.
2: Yeah. Great. And so I guess the final product just launched in, in March, is that right? Yeah, it did. And So where can people um find and, and buy Leah?
1: Yeah, so right now it's available through our website at meetleah.com. There are two options that you have that you can either purchase the branded one, which is kind of okay. fun, it's got a little expletive on it. Uh, I, think there's, <laughs> right. I think there's a little sass in it, right? And then this comes with two tests and an instruction for use and so this is our branded version and then we also have what we call our ultra discreet which is just uh the two tests packaged in a completely white box they ship in a very unmarked cardboard box to consumers so we are trying to really bake in this value proposition of privacy Kind of all the way through the process or as much as we're able to, to be able to do that. So through our site, it does allow us to offer the, the additional version of just being in an all white package and the tests themselves come in an unbranded, unmarked wrapper as well.
2: Great. And then finally, you know, what's what's next for Leah?
1: Yeah. So demand has been really strong in the last couple of weeks and we're actively looking to expand distribution. So that's that's our biggest thing. But we're seeing really strong international demand as well, and so that's something that we we're, we're actively kind of trying to figure out we we do want to be able to expand because we're seeing a significant amount of people come to the site trying to purchase and you know, we don't have the ability to ship to them at this
2: point. Well, it's been really great hearing about the design process and the you know pregnancy test origami and, and it's it's really fascinating so thank you so much Bethany and, and Anna for, for being here appreciate it yeah
1: thank you so much for having us in um we're just we're really delighted to be able to share this story with others and be the first zero percent plastic pregnancy test that is available trying to disrupt the whole you know don't find any of your your mother's or grandmother's pregnancy tests in landfills <laughs> chances are if you were born before the 1980s your mom's plastic pregnancy test is still somewhere here on earth in a right. landfill right
2: <laughs> right just a, an early relic of you
1: that's right. Just an early relic of view. <laughs> Fun fact, it's somewhere still here in a landfill. Um, but, but really on a mission to try to change that and, and um, shake up not only the shelf, but obviously the category.
2: Great. Well, thanks again. Thank thanks you so,
1: so much. much.
2: Well, having been through uh, a little history lesson on uh, home pregnancy test, it's cool to learn that this is really the first sustainable innovation on the test, uh, you know, not just a kind of a tech function. It's cool that there was a focus on this kind of biomimicry and at the same time, really putting a lot of energy into the privacy angle, empowering women who are both trying to get pregnant and, and not trying to get pregnant. So this is clearly taking, you know, one of the most commonly used products in a completely different direction from the kind of clunky plastic models that have come before. For those of you who are watching on video, you probably saw the little show and tell of those kind of old products. And really uh, taking into account the life cycle of a product too, which I think is really important. These things are not used for a long time, but you know, they're (laughs) still decomposing for 400 years. That's it for our show today. Join us next time to learn more about the innovative leaders seeking to make a difference in our ever-changing world. Please give us a rating or review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Talib Vizram. Our show is produced and edited by Avery Miles.